Hey everyone, in this episode of History Unloaded with Danny and Ashley, we've decided to branch out from the People Smarter Than Us episode, and we're just entitling this People Better Than Us. And we have a really cool guest with us who is mostly famous because we put his face at the front of the Cody Firearms Museum, but also did History Channel and has been on TBS and some other stuff, but like, whatever. Um, So we've got Chris Chang on. (laughs) Hey, everybody. Thanks for having me. Danny, I'm sorry. I was interrupting you. No, I mean, I said it, I put it up to like a 50-50 reason why he's famous, like us and the History Channel. So I'm willing Might to Might have had something to do with the History Channel. Um, so if you guys aren't familiar, Chris is competing for $100,000. $100, okay. <laughs> on the TBS show with Snoop Dogg. That's like all I really took away from that. Um, called the Go Big Show. So it's basically like America's Got Talent on steroids. Is that an accurate? Is that an accurate? It, it is. Yeah. And uh, so there's no singing, no dancing. It, it's all talent that is extreme. Um, and so they, the the show, uh, you know, they they cast me as uh, one of the marksmen on the show. So they definitely uh, love weapons and and, and are embracing. Uh, you know, weapons and the and the people who who can do amazing trick shots and fun and interesting things with firearms, uh, crossbows, uh, bows and arrows, and it is uh, it's it's the first season. And Snoop Dogg is uh, one of the judges, along with Rosario Dawson, Jennifer Nettles. I love her uh, in Rent. Yeah, Sorry. she's she's amazing. And then uh, Cody Rhodes, who's uh, best known for being a pro wrestler, I think he's. His, his stage name is the American Nightmare. And then uh, Bert Kreischer <laughs> is the host. And he's a, a funny man, that, that Bert. Uh, his nickname is The Machine. And uh, if you Google The Machine, you'll, you'll see Bert's whole spiel about, about The Machine. It's, it's uh, pretty entertaining. But anyway, um, yeah, it airs Thursdays on TBS at 9 p.m. Eastern. And it's a pretty gosh darn great show. And before this episode started, Danny admitted that he hadn't seen it. And I would just like to say not to take it personally, Chris, because he didn't watch me like at all when I had my show on the Discovery Channel. He's like, yeah, I didn't watch it. Sorry. I think I made it through a whole episode. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I don't blame you, but that's fine. I think it's, there's <laughs> been enough space needed- that, I, that I can say that. But yeah, I'd be like, well, Danny, did you see this? And was it okay? And he's like, mm, didn't watch it. Sorry. So <laughs> it's not just you. Uh it's uh, all of us. He's just really very picky sorry about his television. I'll say that. And I'm <laughs> especially sorry good. to Ashley because I know Discovery needed one more viewer to make right, it. We just needed one more and we would have been renewed. <laughs> that was it. It was your fault, Danny. I'm sorry. But you just really wanted oh, me to stay on as curator and help finish the museum. So like you like subconsciously sabotaged. That sounds like analysis you're not quite qualified for. <laughs> so anyways, we did our TV plugs. So Chris, um, so for those of you who don't know, Chris uh, won his season of Top Shot and the History Channel, which was super popular for how many seasons? Do you know? Five seasons. Yeah, it was uh, uh, a, a really good run. And, you know, I think a, a lot of viewers, myself included, you know, wish that it had kept on going. And who knows, maybe Maybe one of these days we'll see a Top Shot uh, reboot since, you know, rebooting shows seems to be all the craze these days. But, um, yeah, true. obviously we know it's it's a pretty tough anti-gun environment. And I think a lot of 
networks and advertisers are still unfortunately a little a little skittish about firearms on TV. But I'm hoping with you know my my act on uh, the Go Big Show on TBS, we'll just you know have a little bit of a positive, or hopefully you know a big you know positive influence on showing people that there are good people with guns, that guns aren't just always dangerous and evil, right? That there's, uh, you know, very, you know, fun recreational and uh, family oriented uses of, of firearms. Yeah. And I think you're doing a lot of good work to kind of bring a different face to firearms. And you, you came from Silicon Valley, right? Yeah. Yeah. Tech, the tech industry is uh, where my whole career started. So um, talk about how you went from like, you know, big tech. Oh, that's controversial now, right? Uh, <laughs> big tech to, uh, to, to top shot. So I started my career at Google in 2007 and my, my forte is technical support. So you know, I started in uh, technical support, helping large enterprise and, and even small businesses and also universities, um, you know, sign up for Google services and, and troubleshoot any problems that they, that they would have. And, 2009 came around and, you know, I had some disposable income and that was the point where I'm like, huh, I think I want to buy my first firearm. It's been something that had been kind of kicking around in the back of my mind for, for a while. Uh, so, you know, I went to the local gun store and ended up buying a, a SIG P226 as my first firearm. And I love that gun. It's, it's just so fantastic. And, you know, I'm a self-taught amateur and didn't really shoot a, a ton. Um, and I don't have a professional background, uh, but then the show Top Shot, you know, started airing in 2009 or 2010. And like millions of viewers every week, I was, you know, watching the new episode of Top Shot, sitting on the couch and just sort of daydreaming about how cool it would be to, to shoot these amazing weapons on, on Top Shot. And so against my, my, you know, sort of logical side, uh, I decided to audition for season four of Top <laughs> Shot, you know, not having any trophies, no awards, you know, no, no advanced training of any sorts. And in order to prepare for my, you know, for my time on Top Shot, I, I treated training like a part-time job. And for five months, I was spending 20 to 25 hours a week studying and training on the finer points of marksmanship. And yeah, eventually beat 17 competitors, you know, all mostly you know, prof highly proficient and professional marksmen and $100,000 in a pro shooting contract with Bass Pro Shops and changed my life. And I ended up, you know, leaving Google to, you know, shoot full time and, uh, and be a, be a, a full time industry pro. Well, Danny, see, it can change your life too. Are you saying that I'm going to win Top Shot? <laughs> no, because you wouldn't watch it. But <laughs> I do. Uh, I did watch Top Top Shot. That was like the one show I've actually watched in this discussion. Hey, there we go. <laughs> did you Did you see Chris? Did yeah, you see his totally. Oh, okay. I've never seen that one. So <laughs> redemption. <laughs> redemption. My feelings but are so hurt right now, Ashley. <laughs> I'm sorry, but you know, we're friends anyways. So like I, I was, I wanted to be friends with you and didn't know you were famous. So I think that means a lot. Yeah, indeed. Indeed. <laughs> the hesitation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, so that like inspires us, Danny, do you want to talk a little bit about like uh, what you've been doing with 
competitive shooting because I think we should bring Chris into the fold on Ooh, this. Yeah, I want to hear oh, more, no. Danny. Oh, I was not prepared for this. Um, yeah, so I, as our listeners probably know, we've talked about it a little bit. I After the governor's match two years ago now, I went out and watched all these people shooting three gun and I thought that looks like fun. And I decided like, is that an option even around here to get started in? And so turns out there's a local, you know, sort of club match um, for three gun, went out a couple of times, borrowed gear, slowly started buying my own guns that were appropriate for three gun and a really basic setup for three gun and then started shooting it and then made it my goal then to compete in the next governor's match. And I did, and I was officially the slowest person that didn't disqualify. <laughs> yeah, but what did you shoot with? I shot with an M1, Garand. <laughs> so I definitely so, got some fist bumps for shooting a Garand when like everybody else is running, you know, tricked out ARs. So oh, I love cool. it. I love it though, right? It's like the eight shot Garand going up against, you know, 30 round, you know, 60 round coupled, you know, magazines with ARs and AKs. Oh, that's incredible, Danny. And I, I applaud you for going out and just doing it. Cause one of the biggest pieces of pieces of advice that I give for anybody that's interested in, in any kind of competition shooting is you just got to go for it, right? Don't worry about the gear. Don't worry about if you have the right pistol or rifle or whatever, you just got to go and do it. Um, yeah. I mean, it reminds me of like my first three gun match. I was using a, I was using my SIG P226 which is not a, that's typically not a great three gun pistol. I was using a Remington 870 pump shotgun and my AR, which had like all the wrong scope. I had the wrong kind of scope and um, it, it, but it didn't matter. Right. So yeah, I, I didn't do very well at all. You know, my very first three gun match, but I had a blast and that's the most important part. And I got hooked because you eventually see how fun it is, right. To shoot all the different targets and three gunners are right. Some of the most fun fun uh, competitors out there. So this is a you know, great group of, uh, of people and a really fun sport to shoot. I think the Cody Firearms Museum should sponsor Chris if he would shoot historic firearms. Ooh. Since he's already oh. doing it. <laughs> I'll let you borrow my M1. Yeah, there we go. We should... It only jams sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> the funny part of that story, I don't know if it's funny, but people always like tease me about getting Garand thumb, like that whole match, like trying to go fast. I didn't smash my thumb in the M1. I smashed it twice in my shotgun. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I, I'm terrible at quad loading or even double loading a shotgun. <laughs> well, and the, the, when we were under, we were under one of the, uh, like, a, a shooting bay, like, ceilings. <laughs> this is how much I shoot. <laughs> and it was so loud. It was so loud. When guns are, guns was, are loud. Don't know if you... Well, yeah. I think, but the M1 Grand had a special, special extra noise. It was like aluminum, so it was like, it felt like it was just bouncing back and forth and it didn't go away. Yeah, it is. Like, new when I, it, it is pretty disorienting if you aren't ready for it and if you don't have, you know, or if you don't have good air protection. So, yeah, and that's part of, that's part of the game, right? It's like you just have to stay focused even if you're getting the crap beat out of you from, you know, loud noises and you know, the percussion and the report. I knew when I made hits with the M1 because some of the targets were like set up on swingers. And so, you know, five, five, six would move them a little, like enough to see or hear the, the, you know, the, the steel. But when I hit it with an M1, people behind me would start like, laughing because it would like swing really hard. And I was like, Oh, I guess I hit it. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, but I give Danny credit because like in the like nine years I was with the museum, like on site, I didn't participate in anything like that. Go Danny, I was go. the book learner. Yeah. So we're in, he keeps trying to get sponsored, but I think we should sponsor Chris. <laughs> <laughs> You've only known about me doing this for a year and Chris comes on one podcast. It's <laughs> well, the know. funny thing is, is he wants, he wants us to sponsor him, but he's the curator. <laughs> like he's got that power Can i sponsor myself is that even allowed i don't know yeah well i think a lot of people do they have their businesses on their jerseys i've seen it yeah sure yeah i think leighton does it sorry leighton if you are one of the hundred people that listen to our podcast uh <laughs> Um, so we, I also wanted to talk about the fact that, well, a couple of things, uh, the fact that your face ended up at the front of the Cody Fires Museum, which was a total accident. I'm sorry to say, Chris, we were originally featuring Chris with us, several other shooters in our Robert W. Woodruff, uh, modern shooting sports gallery. We want to highlight modern athletes because nobody else will, um, uh, in terms of mainstream community. So we wanted to celebrate those people. And then our design firm Gallagher and associates was putting together an image uh, for the front of the museum and we wanted it to be kind of, well, we moved the Gatling gun from being the first thing you saw to being a graphic that showcased people of all backgrounds, um, you know, all races, ethnicities, all that stuff, um, and women, but we had to change the photo of the woman we had because people thought it was a guy. Oh. Thank you, Topper Wine, we're sorry, Aww. you know? She just, I mean, she was in a dress, but like, it was the 1920s, so I don't know, people were confused. Um, so they they ended up coming like slicing together all these images and like I laughed so hard when they sent it through because like your smiling face was just one of those images. They're like, we like to smile. Oh yeah, no, I'm really honored to you know to be one of those welcoming faces of the Cody Firearms Museum and you know the the, the work that you both did is just spectacular and you know I I, I I'll be frank I, I typically get very bored when I go to museums and. I tell my husband, I can only be at a museum for maybe like an hour and a half or two tops. And then I just sort of get antsy and I want to run away. But, you know, when I went to the Cody Farms Museum, it's the kind of place where I, I could have easily spent all day there. And the, the you know, the, the different stations, uh, you know, the, the like sort of the, the fun um, kind of game, you know, areas where you can like actually like shoot you know, kind of the video games and, and learn hands-on about firearms, I think is, is so cool. And it was just seeing firearms presented in a balanced way also. Like I, I appreciated that the, the firearms displays and, and learning stations weren't just this like pro-gun, you know, you know it, it, it didn't gloss over the fact that, right, firearms have been controversial you know, right in our, yeah. in our country's history. And I think it's important to provoke conversation, right. To make people feel comfortable, right. They visit the Cody firearms museum and it's, it's more than just, whoa, right. What, look at all the, you know, all the cool guns that were there, but it's like, well, what about the history, the importance? Like why did, why do firearms matter right to the individual who is walking through the museum and firearms mean different things to different people. And, and I don't think we should be shying away from tough conversations. Well, and I, I'm now thinking, Danny, if you ever want to replace me in the opening video, you should probably have Chris because he just 
said it better than us. But like we got in a lot of trouble for uh, and Danny can talk to this more because it was all, like a lot of people like wouldn't say bad stuff to me because I'm a girl. and Like maybe they thought I was going to cry. But like Danny got the brunt of it, like as I was outgoing. But we got in trouble for not highlighting the Second Amendment more uh, than we did. Hmm. Yeah, we I, just to like chime in quickly, but this one was one where people thought we should be that. Um, I don't know, like pro second amendment cheerleader almost like, or like a shrine or something like that. And, you know, I think that's, you know, Ashley mentioned it was a little bit of an accident that Chris was featured at the front of the museum, but I don't really see it as that way because there's few ambassadors that I know personally that are better for, you know, the gun community than Chris. And so I think it works out really well, but we wanted that place. We wanted the museum and still do to be a place for absolutely anyone if you like guns, if you hate them, if you don't know anything about them, know them super, super well and could tell me more than is on any label, we want this to be still be a place for you. So across the spectrum, we wanted this to be a place. And part of that was dialing back a little bit. You know, the Second Amendment is in the museum. It's not like plastered yeah, in walls. multiple places. Yeah. Um, the Gatling gun that Ashley mentioned that we replaced with sort of this image that was you know, a conscious effort for our part thinking like this was, you know, maybe people would be uncomfortable with seeing a gun that carries a lot of weight. I think Both not earned weight, you know, kind of mythology, but maybe that would make people uncomfortable. So we're going to put that towards, we're going to pull that to welcome people and make this a more welcoming place to try and to try and accomplish that. So that's why I think Chris really fits as like the perfect example to use on that intro image well thank you danny i'm glad like you don't see like... me as a mistake <laughs> you were, you're not a mistake. i, I feel like uh, we're I'm like doing our best job to like tee up like a larger conversation but like we're just like we're failing it's it's because you're asian right chris oh my gosh you're you're so racist ashley you're so racist <laughs> Uh, but, you know, one of the other things that we we did put in the museum and, you know, I think Chris is a great representation. And I mean, you basically said you said three things about yourself, I think, in uh, in the Go Big show. Um, but, you know, one of the things that we talk about in the museum, especially back in our culture section and self-defense, is the the conversation that happens starting in prohibition, really, and these underground clubs that, you know, become a part of uh, the organized crime ring and that like there's this really weird thing that happens um, in terms of underground clubs moving into the like post-World War II period into the 70s and 80s, which is, um, the, you know, where you get the Stonewall riots, um, because a lot of the, you know, gay clubs were like run by organized criminals, which is like the weirdest. Like It's, it's a like, funny it overlap. It's so weird. Um, but one of the things that we made sure to you know, talk about in the museum were the Pink Pistols, um, which is an LGBTQ plus organization. And then we also talk about the role of Pink Pistols and the Heller decision, which is super important. And you, um, you know, really came up, came out. <laughs> I was gonna say you had a great, like you, you, was it recoil that you came out in? But it was a big deal when you did that. Um, it, well, it was a big deal to like outside the gun industry. Everybody else was like, he's just Chris. Yeah, you know? yeah. And I thought for me, 
it, going into the gun industry at that point in time, I was like, you know, just really impressed at how the gun industry was more welcoming than I thought it would be. So um, can you talk a little bit about that journey and, you know, how do you, do you still like the gun industry after yeah, all these ab- years? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, um, Silicon Valley, right, where I started my career is very pro-LGBT, you know, and, and super friendly, um, you know, to the, to the gay community. And, and so when I quit Google, I had this realization that I'm like, okay, wow, I'm like entering this brand new industry. I'm I'm coming to the firearms industry where I didn't know anybody. It was quite a daunting task where I didn't know, hey, did the the first five years of my career at Google, am I just sort of throwing away my network, right? All the contacts and the the professional relationships that I had built. And, you know, I I literally am, am starting in the firearms industry, not knowing a single soul. And this big question dangling over my head of is the firearms industry and firearms community like cool with gay people, right? Is, I mean, if you, if you believe everything you see in the media and just general, you know, American culture, it would lead you to believe that no, right. The firearms you know, community is anti-gay and they're racist and they're misogynistic and they're bigots and all these other negative pejoratives. Right. But my experience was extremely positive and for gay people, we always have these, these moments where we have to come out, right? Because if, if we don't come out, then everybody just assumes that we're straight. And the next thing you know, right, it's like people are trying to like introduce me to their daughters, you know, to try and like marry them kind of thing. It's like, no, like that's not helpful <laughs> for your daughter or for me <laughs> kind of thing. For the record, Danny had that happen to him at a gun show. <laughs> <laughs> Try, trying to get trying so it's to get not connected. just you chris it's not just you yeah yeah well and so it actually like, happened yeah. to alex who they thought was me but oh yeah they thought it was yeah they, it was a was multi-layered with, us with a big old beard and they <laughs> thought it was some they thought that person was danny it was very awkward <laughs> that's amazing and but so right it's like you want to avoid these awkward moments right it's like you don't want to be in a professional work environment and like having these like either inauthentic interactions or, or, or confusion. And so, you know, I decided I'm like, Hey, like I, I came out, you know, in, in Silicon Valley and that was like easy, but it'd been like five years since I'd like come out as a gay person. And I'm like, how do I do this again? Like what, how does that, <laughs> like, what, what do I do here? Um, so yeah, we, uh, uh, you know, recoil, um, you know, definitely covered it. And, and um, you know, some of Hollywood also, you know, kind of, um, you know, kind of covered it as well. And I think the, the main thing I want to talk about is how much of a non-story it was and actually how cool that is, right? The fact that I came out as gay and the firearms industry basically went like, huh, okay, like, <laughs> whatever, like, good for Chris. Like, like we don't care. And but the bigger picture is, for decades, the LGBT community has been advocating for freedom and for equality. And equality for me means that I, I should be treated like everybody else. And like the end game here is I want to normalize being gay. And so if you want to normalize anything, like what does that look like? It, it looks like nobody cares about that thing, right? That you're trying to normalize, right? Everyone just sort of shrugs and they go, oh, right? Chris is gay. Or if we talk about normalizing firearms or like AR-15s, it's like, well, hey, 
Like I own like 10 AR-15s, like AR-15s just like aren't a big deal to me. And so, you know, similarly with, um, you know, with coming out, um, the firearms industry was, was very supportive. And, you know, I'm on the outreach and diversity committees for both the NRA and the National Shooting Sports Foundation, which is, you know, the industry trade group. And, you know, the, the reception has just been you know, overwhelmingly positive. But, you know, there, there's still a lot of work to be done with respect to encouraging more members of the LGBT community to you know, embrace gun ownership, whether they get firearms for their own personal use or just understanding that gay people being a targeted minority, we understand the need for self-defense right? And to protect ourselves against people who, who frankly want us dead. And we all know, we all know that a firearm is, is one of many tools that can help protect ourselves. And, um, and I think a lot of people in the gay community still is sort of toe the anti-gun liberal, you know, kind of mindset mentality that you can't be gay and be a gun owner. And that's just patently false. And uh, I'm hopefully living proof of that. Well, and there was a great Comedy Central thing that you did with a, his name is Moshe. Was that his name? Yeah, yeah. Um, he's got a very interesting name. Um, uh, Mo, Mosh, Mosh Cantor. Cantor. He's a comedian. Yeah, that that was a really fun segment where yeah he was look diving into like LGBT culture and gun culture and the overlap. Yeah, that was a, a really fun segment. Well, and I, and I remember, and I thought like this, you know, kind of sticks with me because you're talking about, you know, the fact that the gun industry was like, you know, whatever. And like that you, you know, had some difficulties with the, you know, LGBT um, community and it, the whole skit, it, you should totally look it up is, you know, that they basically uh, coming out to the gay community as a gun owner being far more difficult. Um, and it was it, like, they did it. I thought they did it well uh, from an outsider perspective. I'm sure you have, <laughs> you may or may not have an opinion on that, but like, I thought it was really fascinating to see something on comedy central, you know, and yeah, they did it in a humorous light, but like it really, you know, shined a light. Uh, it really kind of exposed the fact that there is this hypocrisy within the community. And I just, I, don't know, I just love, I think I made Danny watch it like <laughs> more than once. <laughs> For the record, while you were my boss, you made me watch a lot of things. Shh, don't say that, Terry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, that reminds me of a story I could tell you offline, Chris. Oh my gosh, you two are hysterical. Uh, but you know, it's it's one of the biggest. It was one of the biggest missions of our museum, and so we're super happy that you're a part of it, and you're now a permanent part of it, even when we rotate everything out. Um, you know that we basically tell everybody's story, and you know that is a very well, that's a very big story, you know, series of stories to tell. But we tried to touch on it as much as we could with you know everybody's experience, and you know, and talking to those people, and not just you know writing what we think uh, about the whole thing. And so we, we're happy that you're part of it for you know lots of reasons so you mentioned that you're involved in outreach um a lot with nra and nssf um i'm curious like one i'm curious about the timeline of when you started working um with the tbs show and how that's like changed your perspective on outreach or if it has or if it's just another outlet for you and two how has the fact that 2020 happened like changed your outreach work or has it in a different way. Cause you know, I'm in Wyoming and I see pretty much the same crowd every day. 
um, you're in San Francisco, San Francisco. right? Mm-hmm. So you, you probably talk to a very different part of the political spectrum than me. So how is that like impacted? What yeah. You, you know, the pandemic, uh, it's just been tough. You know, it's been tough for me as, as, a, as it has been for, for a lot of people. And, you know, my LGBT and Asian outreach efforts have uh, mostly gone online, right. As a lot of our, our work in general, right. Has, has gone online and um, it, it, it just, it, we operate differently in the online space, right. Compared to in-person events and conferences and social out, you know, happy hours. Um, and, and so I guess my 2020 schedule, usually I'm traveling a lot, right. And going, um, right to, to conferences and events and, and interacting with, with gun owners of, of all stripes. And that's also where, you know, LGBT advocacy becomes, at least for me, it's easier in person um, than, than in an online forum, but it's really forced me, right? The pandemic has really forced me to, to, to zero my energies on the you know, online space because that's just sort of where everybody is <laughs> you know, these days. Um, you know, in San Francisco, I'm, you know, I, I have an extremely small quarantine bubble of friends that I'm actually you know, hanging out with in person. Um, and we're not talking about guns a lot. We're mostly just talking about, I don't know, things we miss doing, like, you know, going to restaurants and like going to the bar, going to the clubs and all that kind of stuff. Um, but um, yeah, with, uh, with, with the TBS show, um, the go big show, which uh, you know, my, my episode recently aired, um, it was very interesting filming that during the pandemic. It was filmed back in August of 2020. We had lots of COVID protocols in place, uh, three times a week testing. And it was the uncomfortable testing. We were shoving the really long Q-tip up your nose and yeah. basically, you know, scraping brain matter off. So, you know, then they can get, get a good test sample. For <laughs> um, so very uncomfortable. Um, we were, we were corn, we had our own bubble in, in the production, um, you know, cast and crew members were like one layer of the bubble. And then there were, you know, two other, two other like outer bubble layers kind of thing. And, um, but what was most importantly, what was so cool about the Go Big Show experience was the fact that we created a brand new paradigm around shooting indoors. Like we, the, the, the Go Big Show built a custom stage so I could shoot live fire ammunition inside of a stadium arena. Like we had, we were using center fire rounds, which are frangible rounds. And then the backstops were basically like, it was wood. It was like, you know, six by 12s and like, like multiple pieces of plywood. Um, that was enough to like be a backstop, right. To stop, you know, submachine gun fire, right. Like I was shooting, you know, a Tommy gun, you know, with 40, 45 ACP rounds. Um, and I think that within itself, I hope is actually the, like one of the bigger precedents that, that the show will set, right. To say, Hey, if you are a TV crew or producer who's thinking about firearms programming, right? You don't have to like find an outdoor range, you know, or you don't have to go to a gun indoor gun range. You can shoot in, in more interesting places, right? Or have that flexibility, right? Of shooting, you know, live fire 
inside. Um, and so the Go Big Show, yeah, it was just phenomenal to be a part of the safety design of the set design and making sure that the targets were interesting and that the firearms and the stories that I was telling about the guns and what they meant to me and their place in history was engaging and fun. And I, I really am trying to lean into that edutainment kind of, you know, approach uh, on the Go uh -oh. Big Show. And so, um, yeah, hopefully I achieved that. Yeah, anybody who wants to watch, you know, the Go Big Show, it's on TBS Thursdays at 9 p.m. Eastern. And uh, yeah, Go Big Show. Can I ask a follow-up uh, to the, before Ashley goes on her edutainment rant? No, 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 I'm not. I was gonna, just let me make a really quick comment because it's it's from Buffalo Bill to Snoop Dogg in arena shooting. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry, that was my comment. <laughs> That's actually a really good observation. The reason I thought what Ashley, what I thought Ashley was going to say was in the museum world, like museum professionals have like a twitch when they hear the word edutainment. Uh, like it just, it's imbued in all of us during like grad school at some point. Um, that it's, that, that's what some business person is going to come in and tell the museum professional to do. <laughs> right. Um, so my follow-up question was, did like the producers, you know, given that it was, that it was filmed in August, did like the show creators and producers have a sense of like the massive amount of new gun owners this year, or is it just something they wanted to do firearms and. Yeah, they, they did not have any sense of how popular firearm, like, you know, the, the 8 million, some new firearm owners that, that we, we got in 2020. Yeah. The go big show producers had no idea that that was not a, a motivator for, for bringing me or, or the other, um, you know, marksman, uh, you know, on the show. Um, it was very much about, they wanted to, to bring different styles, right. Different kinds of acts to, to the big, you know, to, to, to TV. And, um, they actually found me on YouTube. Uh, and this is the funny thing about YouTube or, or honestly, like anything we do that gets like put online is, you know, I, it, th these videos that I shot were like six years old and they're videos of me shooting music with guns. And so there are these, these musical plates that you shoot, right? A specific plate, it emits a musical tone. And so I shoot all these different songs. Like, yeah, I like filmed all those five years ago and I thought, oh, okay, right. Like that was fun. Uh, but they, yeah, they found these videos and they said, hey, Chris, we would love for you to come shoot music on the Go Big Show. And I was like, yeah. Yeah, like, absolutely. Like, that sounds that sounds like a ton of fun. Like, no one's ever seen that on TV. Um, so I, I think they wanted to reach out, not just to current gun owners, right? Because clearly, there are anybody who likes guns is going to like, you know, enjoy seeing guns on TV. But they thought the, that my acts had a universal appeal, right? That everybody loves music. Not everybody loves guns, but everybody loves music. And, and it's just, it's just fun and, and entertaining just to see a gun playing music. Like that's just a very novel concept that uh, I'm glad I had the opportunity to do it on the Go Big Show. And, uh, you know, spoiler alert, I made it to the semifinals. So, you know, I've got, uh, I've got another act, you know, coming up. And hopefully it'll uh, it'll be even bigger. It should be bigger and better than than my first one. Um, so uh, we've been talking for a while, but I have one more final question. Would you go on the hot sauce? 
competition show or hot sauce interview show. Oh boy, like the hot like hot ones with the hot wings. Yeah, where they where they keep going up and they did preface. Chris loves hot sauce, so oh, like yeah. I would love to see you on that show. Oh man, I love yeah, I love watching that show and just like seeing all the different hot sauces. Um, I will admit, as I'm getting older, though, my tolerance for hot stuff is is decreasing. Like, I I mean, so one of the more one of the more funny and personal things about me is that when I eat really hot stuff, I sweat profusely. And it, it gets to a point where it can get like really gross because it's just like so much sweat. <laughs> um, and in the past, when I would eat spicy food, like it would actually hit like my pleasure receptors and it would just like, it hurts so good kind of thing, right? To eat all the spicy stuff. But now, yeah, sometimes it just, it just, it doesn't hurt so good. It just hurts. <laughs> it hurts going in. It hurts going out. And like, you know, do I really want to keep on doing this to myself as, as I'm getting older? But yeah, I would love the opportunity to go. I think it's called Hot Ones, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. So Mark and I stumbled across it. Well, would it be, you know, would it be safe if you had to eat the different levels of hot wing and then shoot, like have like a, like oh, a marksman? Oh man, no, oh, that would God. be so <laughs> dangerous because I would be sweating profusely and I would like start losing sight of like, you know, the, of, of the targets and like, I, I would have to wear a bandana that like, right, like was big enough to just like capture and hold all the sweat um it would be entertaining it would be entertaining though <laughs> so hot ones show if that is the name of your show you should have chris on but maybe don't have him shoot things while he's eating the hot sauce hot ones who is clearly listening to us <laughs> obviously <laughs> You never know. It could we could wait six years and we could be on YouTube and, and some and the hot well, ones will discover you guys and then we'll all be on eating hot hot stuff. But that'll be six years in the future, so we all might die. I'm pretty sure at least one of the celebrities they've had on is like a secret gun enthusiast. Oh. Which one? Well, I'm not am I I don't want to like spoilers. <laughs> oh no, is it Alton Brown? Isn't he like a oh he's a huge gun enthusiast? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he also he, like demolished those wings and was critiquing them all the way down. So it's I love Alden interview. Brown. He he is so funny. I, I saw him live um, back when I was at Google. He was a guest um, at Google, and um, uh, Marissa Mayer, who was uh, former uh, senior vice president for Google, was like the the host, uh, and they had you know a, a whole televised. It was on YouTube um, where Alton Brown was. Just, he's so zany so funny and engaging um he, he's probably one of my my favorite tv personalities to to watch can i do that what? thing where i ask a follow-up question after we're supposed to be done <laughs> yes but i would also like to say i'd also like to shout out alton brown alton brown never see this come on our show <laughs> you're better than us <laughs> you're definitely better than us <laughs> yes so danny you can ask your follow-up question even though i'm sure camila is mad at us all right. So this one's an, another two-parter. Of course. <laughs> so as a museum <laughs> professional, dinner, Danny. <laughs> I have to know, are all the rumors about working for Google like amazing employee benefits true? And second part of the question, why a 226? 
Got it. So the first question, yeah, the, the perks at Google are legendary and particularly anybody who loves food. Oh man. I mean, the Google campus and, and Google offices worldwide just serve some of the most incredible food and, and they recruit incredible chef talent. I mean, Google is able to lure chefs away from some of the best restaurants in the world to come run a corporate, you know, kitchen um which is it's I'm, fine. In- I'm totally fine right now fine. yeah yeah it's just it's just incredible um and then you know there's just on-site everything right if you need doctor dentist haircut laundry um <laughs> it, it, chiropractic you know acupuncture it, coffee baristas it's like any it's almost like a, a mini city you know where we're like and everything's free right it's it's this weird almost um willy wonka kind of experience where you're just like everything's so whimsical and delicious and fun and easy um so yeah google employees are uh, are, are definitely well taken care of um that sounds like modern paternalism academic work yeah. <laughs> on your other question though danny why the t26 you know, there's certain guns where you just like look at them or you shoot one and you just go, yeah, that is an awesome gun and I want that. And that's exactly what I remember you know, when I was looking for my first gun to buy, right? So, so when I was looking for my first gun to buy, I didn't like immediately know the 226. Like I wasn't like, I'm going to the store and I'm like going to price out the 226. I went through what a lot of first time gun owners do is right. Like I went to the store. I'm like, Hey, right. I'm a first time gun owner. I don't, I kind of know I've shot before, but I don't really know what I'm looking for. And so you just have to sort of try as many guns as you can. Right. So, right. I shot Glocks. I shot the 226. I shot, you know, Springfield and, you know, a whole bunch of other handguns. Um, and yeah, ultimately though, yeah, the, the 226, it just, it just feels so good in your hand. This, the weight, the design, it just, I just, I love it. Um, so the 226 will always hold a very special place in my heart. Don't tell me you hate I, the 226, Danny. No, I, I respect the choice. Okay. A ton, so, All right. Yeah. I would like to just end on the fact that Danny, you asked a two-part question and like, had I had nothing to do with each other. Like questions. usually you build on the first question. But... I disguised it as a two-part so that you would agree to let me ask a follow-up <laughs> question after we were done. Well, Chris, thank you so much for hopping on with us and telling everybody why you're better than us. Um, and you can check Chris out on Go Big Show Thursdays at nine. Nine Eastern on TBS. And it's available if you don't have cable, if you're a cable cutter like me and you just have the interwebs, tbs.com. It's available for free streaming. And they've also got a TBS app where you can watch the Go Big Show there. And where can we find you on social media? On social media, I'm at Top Shot Chris on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube, and TopShotChris.com. Sweet. Well, thank you so much. Thanks, Ashley. Thanks, Danny. Thank you. See you all next time. Yeehaw. Yeah.